Welcome back to another episode of Hit The Post. Me and Harry are back, and in this episode we are going to be previewing the upcoming Aintree Festival that accompanies the Grand National every single year. Harry, how are you doing, mate? Yeah, yeah, good. Um, trying to steer clear of social media as much as I can, because obviously this week is the week that all the anti-racing brigade come out and tweet non-stop about the Grand National. Um, it, re- it reached a new new low, actually, a couple of a couple of days ago, I seen a picture of um, ASO and Charlie Deutsch from the virtual Grand National take a tumble. Um, I'm pretty sure most most of our listeners will be familiar with the virtual Grand National and he fell. And um, one of these posts actually include that photo saying you need to stop the Grand National. And it was literally a picture of the virtual Grand National. So that was quite amusing, to be honest. But uh, yeah, apart from that, mate, um, looking forward to it. Yeah, they don't have to get under my skin, those folk that love to complain just for the sake of complaining. They do my head in, so I just try and ignore them as much as possible. Hashtag Grand National Disgrace trending on Twitter. I'll tell you what, that's a mouthful to say, but that was that was trending on Twitter yesterday. Some of the people on there are completely clueless, but at the end of the day, they're going to be complaining about something else in two weeks' time, so we'll just let them target racing for the time being. Doesn't yeah. doesn't bother me that much. They're not going to get the whole sport banned, so the way that I see it they're complaining for no reason <laughs> um, without further ado we will start previewing uh, Aintree and we'll start with the 2 mile 4 Manifesto Novices Chase on the Thursday who do you fancy in this? The first race of the day um, I'm pretty sure there'll be loads of sort of money back as cash offers so that's uh, that's good for me because I'm not looking to have an each way bet in this there's, there's 7 runners um, if there are 8 maybe I'd have a play each way but I think this one's quite a simple one for me. Um, I know Hitman swerved Cheltenham. Uh, he had this in mind. Uh, Paul Nichols laid this race out to be the to be the plan. Um, I think he should win. He'll take a lot of beating, but Fusil Raffles has got good Cheltenham form as well this year. Um, probably flattered by uh, unfortunate events that I'm not going to recite here. <laughs> um, the Shunter could be an interesting one. He, he won going away like a good horse at Cheltenham obviously completing the bonus uh Umbregado would be one that I would be having a bet each way on if there were eight runners and it would be uh one to three for the each way money um but no I think it's just a, a hitman win for me yeah I think I maybe agree with you on that one just just for the uh reason that he's been kept fresh for this Fusil Raffles he did run at Cheltenham albeit he did run a belter so he's He's arguably the worthy favourite for this, uh, but I think that my preference might just slightly be for Hitman. Uh, I don't think that the shunter is grade one level. I think that he's just well handicapped, and obviously he isn't anymore. I think he's rated 153 over fences, and well, he's rated 153 over hurdles now as well. He was <laughs> he was 142 when I was doing my notes for this, so I was expecting him to mop up a nice little uh, hurdle handicap in Ireland, but he's now 153 over both codes, so... It's a little bit, little bit of a sticky one. I don't really know where they're going to go with him. He's actually rated two pounds superior to Hitman, but I, I, I don't think that he is a better horse than Hitman. Um, like I said, I don't think he's Grade One quality. But if he's going to win a Grade One, it's it's going to be a tiny little seven runner race like this, where there isn't much between the front three in the market. The only other notable entry is Protector at for Dan Skelton. He's dropping back to two mile four after the three miles at Kelso didn't really work. And uh, he's had a wind operation. So you never know. We could see him to better effect. It's interesting that the 
connections are the same as that of Hitman, and they've allowed Nichols and Skelton to send them both to this race when they could have quite easily just sent Protectorat to the free miler. So uh, Protectorat isn't without a shout coming back from that wind operation, but Hitman is my selection. That was short and sweet. Are you ready to move on to race two? Um, yeah. You got any strong opinions in this? Uh, I wouldn't say it's a strong opinion, but I would be pretty confident that Mon Morale wins. He's by far and above the best English juvenile, I think, albeit he's equal on ratings with Adagio. Um, but Adagio, he had a tough race at Cheltenham. Mon Morale being kept fresh with this in mind. Nichols knows what he's doing, and I expect him to take this race. Yeah, um, Echo, to be honest, it's the same connections, jockey, trainer and owner of the previous bet, uh, Hitman. I couldn't put any of you off having a sort of win-double play on the first two races. Might get you off to a decent decent festival. Um, the one I would be concerned about, though, is Adagio. Um, I know plenty of people wrote him off uh, before Cheltenham and he, he ran an absolute cracker, to be honest. He ran Quilixios to what? three four lengths and that's good yeah, for three and a quarter yeah he beat he beat some good horses in the process but you could argue that a uh, few of them underperformed but nonetheless it was a real solid race ran by adagio like i think those two are quite clearly the best horses in the race again it's not really an each way betting race um i, I think mon morale is probably hard to beat and um, i wouldn't put him up on his own, I'd, I'd put him in a double with Hitman. That would be my selection for the first two. Get you off to a nice start. Yeah, I'm not willing to back him as a single at 10 to 11, but I think that Momoral to beat Adagio would probably be a nice forecast that you might get two to one about on the day. Um, Carlos Felix, why why is he coming here? <laughs> Dar- Darren Yates, the man of ambition. I tell you what, what, after consistently slagging off Darren Yates for the last couple of years, it's going to be absolutely hilarious when Carlos Felix wins this and Black Lion wins the national. That's going to be hilarious. Yeah, you can only uh, dream, pal. Well, <laughs> he, he can only I'm, dream. I'm not dreaming. I'm not bothered about that. I backed Carlos Felix on the flat and he didn't win for me, so I'm definitely not backing him over hurdles. Um, John Locke, he, he ran a nice race in the Adonis. Uh, the form didn't really work out oh. with Tritonic flopping in the Triumph, but Obviously, there's going to be more improvement from uh, from him on his second start. Yeah, he travelled uh, well that day as well. Yeah, he did. I don't Look, really have much to say about the other two in the market. No, uh, five and twenty. Well, I mean, like he's priced at fourteen ten to one. Best prices, I think. He's sixteens actually. Um, he and Paros for the same owners uh, have a lot to find, don't they? If you were looking for one improver that could spring a surprise, I'd, I'd say it could be John Locke. That's a good shout. He travelled quite well last time, but like you say, the form of the race has taken a huge knock. I don't really rate the Adonis as a, as a race anyway. So, yeah, I think it's pretty straightforward. Should we move on yeah. to the poll? List, li- listeners who did listen to the Cheltenham preview would know that the yeah. Adonis is simply not strong form. I mean, Casalupi won the other day and... Uh, he was what one to seven on, so he won as as expected, but he's he's not winning the sort of races that second placed horses in the Adonis should be winning. Um, the next race is the Betway Bowl, and this is a really lovely competitive renewal. Uh, who have you got your eye on in this? Um, uh, to be honest with you, I've got my eye on one, and I'm fairly confident. Um, I'm I'm hoping you're going to say the same one. I've got my eye on. 
Yeah, well, it might be quite a compelling case for listeners then. Um, so Clanders Oboe goes in this as well for Paul Nichols, Harry Cobden, and again, the same owners. But I would advise you not to play the treble because the winner comes from outside the first five in the betting. Um, oh, go on. The winner is Clondor Castle. Yes. There you go. Yeah, there, there we, we go. go. We, this isn't premeditated, by the way. Um, this is absolutely not. I've literally made a point of keeping my selections to myself. Yeah. He has, honestly. I I wanted to, well, I'd not say compare notes because my notes are non-existent. But <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I think he was really, really impressive at Kempton. Went up to three miles. I'd, I'd backed him that day. And to be honest with you, there was never a moment's doubt. He travelled so well and he won like he was comfortably clear of the grade. I mean, the form of the race isn't, isn't great, but like <laughs> you could you could argue he didn't really beat much on the day. But if you look to his form prior to that, he's been mixing it with proper grade one horses throughout his career. I think they finally found the key to this horse. He needs to hold up and he needs a trip. Um, This trip should bring the best out on him. And he looks as if he'll love a flat track. He really enjoyed Kempton. Um, I think there's a couple in here towards the top of the market who are, let's say, getting on a bit and have points to prove. I think he's a massive, massive price. I think he's best price nine to one. Especially with three, um, three places, there's nine runners, so you'll get each way money. He, he's a huge, huge price, and I really think he could win this. He's got the course form as well. He was second to nuts well in the old Rowan on his uh, seasonal reappearance. I, I really like this horse. I backed him at Kempton. I, I think that he's got even more improvement to come over three miles. I'm, I'm obviously not saying he's a banker. I, I think that he is the better of the race simply just based on his odds tiger all hasn't won a race over normal fences for four years clander's elbow just doesn't seem to like it anywhere else other than kempton um and god knows how he didn't go past secret investor in the denman chase that was beyond me the, the cheek pieces might help um native river i really like native river of course i think that he might miss richard johnson though i'm not sure John Joe O'Neill, he's more than a capable jockey. Uh, Junior, that is not the real John Joe O'Neill. He might be a bit past it now, a bit old. But John Joe Junior is a more than capable jockey. I think he rode him to success in last year's Denman Chase, either last year or 2019. Uh, Yeah, it was last year's Denman Chase. He beat Secret Investor by two and three quarter lengths. He's uh, once again coming off the back of a hard run in the Gold Cup, but you know that he's going to try his absolute best. Um. Mr. Fisher, I'm not sure about him. He's always looked a bit of a speed horse. Three miles, one furlong. Will it suit him? I don't know. Um, and I'm writing off Real Steel and Daiso and Militarian, but the only other one that I can really give a shout to is Waiting Patiently, albeit I don't really know what trip he wants. He's been third in a Tingle Creek. He's flashed home for second in a King George, and he's won a two-mile five Ascot chase. So God knows what trip he wants these days. It's... Uh, it's all a bit confusing for me. He's certainly been campaigned very strangely. He's uh, He's got a good chance here, but I'm not sure that he's got what it takes to win. So I'm I'm going to back Clondor Castle with you. Yeah, I'm firmly in that camp. I know you said that he's not a banker, but I'd, I'd go as, to far, as far as to say he's probably my better than meeting. Um, Oof. At, at yeah. the prices, you can make a great case. Uh, I think that Clander's elbow will probably place. Native River will probably place. And you can say the same about waiting patiently. But I'm, I'm not willing to say that any of them are going to win it. 
I just he, think that Clondor Castle's fantastic value. He's he's a bet at the prices, but he's the bet of the race nonetheless. He's the only one in this field that you could say is improving. He's only really got £10 to find, and that's with Native River, who was given a huge mark um, after what he did at Sandown, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, right, right. But, like, he's the only one that you look at with an upward profile. Like, he's ready to dine at the top table, and they've completely overlooked him. He's he's comfortably clear of Mr. Fisher, in my opinion. Comfortably clear. He's on official ratings. He's got two pounds to find with him. Um, Azo is Azo. He's just getting on a bit, isn't he? Um, yeah, Clandesovo. Like he said, he doesn't seem to like anywhere but Kempton. Condor Castle is probably my nap of the meeting, if I'm quite honest with you. I like it. Um, I'm glad that we've landed on the same one anyway. I'll probably end up back in Native River out of loyalty just because it's Native River. It could arguably be his very last race couldn't it you never know yeah uh, we'll move on to the two mile four betway entry hurdle mcfabulous is the 10 to 3 favorite but do you think he can win um simple answer no (laughs) (laughs) nicely put yeah i've never been the biggest fan of the horse like i'm happy to eat humble pie if he does win but i just think I, i think the form of both him and brewing up a storm uh, around Fontwell was it like that's just bang average for this race this is a grade one um again I, I'd say I'm quite confident um quite confident of one in here um might be the same as you again I'm not too sure obviously you've kept your picks firmly away from me but I wouldn't be playing with McFabulous or Britain Upper Storm I'm not a biggest fan of, of their form um I think Abacadabras could be a decent bet but like he fell last time out, but you can't really hold that to his name. But I think the better in this race is definitely Jason the Militant. He's also, similarly to Glendor Castle, just been improving with every single start. Um, the form of his last race um, has been relatively good. Um, I think he, he's he's been a good juvenile. He's got a mark of, what is it, 158 now? That's That's more than enough to mix it with these horses the one i could give a shout to is a song for someone but he did have a hard race last time and i don't know he he just didn't look the same horse to me maybe it was the ground i'm not too sure but no jason the militant again would be the bet for me and this time it is at the prices like i couldn't be taking three to one about look fabulous or abacadabras when you can get nine to two about jason the militant that's that's the bet of the prices for me um there's three places it's a scummy each way bet but i think he's an absolute banker for the places he might even get an easy lead well i'm not in your camp but i'm not out of it if that makes sense my fancy for the race um was beacon edge but he's not been declared uh, i think he was meant to run at fairy house at the weekend anyway but he was withdrawn because he had a temperature um so i'm a bit stuck with this race i'm looking at it and instead of going down the list and landing on one and saying i want you i want to back you i just find myself going down and saying i can't have you i can't have you so i don't know where i'm going to end up with this one um i think that Bouvedere might be slightly overpriced he's older so he will want the longer trip he's won this race in the past you can put a line through last time because he'd been off the track for like what 400 days something like that i think that 
if Nicky's got him back to his best, 10 to 1's an absolutely ludicrous price. I'm with you in saying that I don't like the McFabulous and Bruno Storm form. If I had to back one of them, then I'd obviously back Bruno Storm. I've got no idea why Bruno Storm has beaten him by five and a half lengths and is a higher price than him. Like obviously McFabulous is running off levels instead of giving him six pounds, but even still it's five and a half lengths. Six pounds doesn't reverse five and a half lengths. Question marks over McFabulous is jumping and the way he goes through his race as well. Like at Kempton he never looked happy. He beat on the blind side, was it? Yeah. Yeah, he beat on the blind side by two and a quarter lengths. But he never looked happy throughout that entire race. I, I, I think that Nichols is going to have a great day up until here. And then he's probably going to fall off a bit. I think that song, song for someone, if he's back to his best as well, I think he's got a nice chance because this is more his trip in my eyes than a two miles. I don't think that he's quite quick enough for two miles. And it's, uh, it's a tricky one. I should have probably done a little bit more research before coming on here and just waffling to try and reach my conclusion but I'm, I'm writing off not so sleepy I can't have him over anything higher than two miles I don't think Buzz is up to this grade and Miller's bank is really nice really progressive but I'd have rather seen him in a handicap I'd rather seen him in a two mile handicap hurdle I, I just don't think that he's up to this grade but that said it is a really open race it is a really open race so I can't blame Alex Hales for trying um, it's it's a tricky one for me. Like I don't, I don't want to pin my colours to the mast, but I'd probably say that Bouvardere each way is is my bet for this. I can't understand why Abercadabras is stepping up in trip. I really can't. I can't understand why Silverstreak stepping up in trip as well. It, it the whole race just boggles my head. Well, I. Um, will be pinning my colours to the mast. That will be Jason the Militant for me. Hopefully, by now, um, we'd have given you four winners um, in the if, hip. Yeah, we've got Jason the Militant. Sorry. Yeah. Hitman, Mon Morale. We've got Clondor Castle at a big price, and then Jason the Militant. There's your win, lucky 15. Well, steady on. We've got three races left on the Tuesday, uh, the Thursday, sorry. But like I, I was just about to say, if Jason the Militant had ran over two miles four before and proved himself i think i'd be backing him it's the fact that he's only ran over two miles i'm i'm not sure he wants the step up in trip but it might seem to better effect i don't know hey did you watch the red notes yeah he was going away and you can say that it's good form because i think petty mouchoir he probably would have won the other day if he didn't fall when two out I think he he'll stay all day. It's, it, I, he's such a genuine, honest horse. Put yeah, out. and they missed Cheltenham, didn't they? Exactly. The owner did make a point of coming out on Twitter and saying that they were skipping Cheltenham and aiming at the entry hurdle. So I, I don't know. I, I definitely think that McFabulous is the wrong favourite. He's he's just he's not McFabulous, is he? He's McGood, and that's about <laughs> it. Well, that leads us nicely <laughs> on to the Fox Hunters then. Um, Again, for me, this this Thursday card is is looking quite nice for me. I'm going to have a fair few decent bets, and I, on behalf of everyone that backed him at Cheltenham, I'm looking for redemption, and I think we'll get it on Thursday with Billaway. Um, I think we will get some sort of redemption. He was really unlucky not to have won last time. Um, I made the case a couple a couple of weeks ago to Mike actually, like if amateurs were allowed to ride. He'd have won doing cartwheels. 
Patrick gets on with him so well and the the brutal reality is he's far clear of all the amateurs going. You could Jamie Codd, Derek O'Connor, Patrick Mullins. They're the best amateurs and I think he's worth ten pounds in himself, even without the claim. Like Billaway was comfortably the best horse in that Cheltenham race. He was just given well, he was given a good ride, but it's more the fact that his opposi- opposition were also given good rides by well, I'm not I'm not say proper jockeys, I'm saying not amateurs like there are some amateurs who maybe don't ride as well um and i don't think that's unfair um but patrick's back on board uh bill away in this race amateurs are allowed to ride um there's a whole bunch of amateurs riding here as well i i think he i think bill away is he's just so much better than everything in this field i think he's got 11 pounds in hand of of bishop's road who's 130 bill away's 141 Patrick Mullins is the best amateur jockey. They all carry 12 stone. Billaway is 3-1, to one, and I think he's only 3-1 to one because he didn't win the Hunter's Chase at Cheltenham. If he did, he'd be 11-10, to 10, maybe even money. Billaway wins. 3-1 um, to one's insulting about the horse. Um, maybe if you wanted a, a, a even bigger lucky 15, take Montmoral out, stick Billaway in. You've all got horses odds against um yeah he'll he'll win now, now, that, now that you mention it why on earth have i agreed to put mon morale in a lucky 15 just yeah. do a do a yankee with them or like harry says put bill away and i think that bill away wins this um no disrespect to david maxwell he's on the best horse in the race according to ratings but patrick mullins will have at least seven or eight pounds up his sleeve compared to david maxwell i think that bill away is far clear i think that he's nine so he's still got the speed yeah, Cat Tiger's seven. I didn't know that. I'd just seen that Cat Tiger's seven. He's why is he hunter chasing if he's seven? Uh, that's sorry, but that's already put question marks in my mind. I think it's because obviously Maxwell owns the horse, doesn't he? He likes to really only have horses that he can ride. Um, and yeah, arguably one of the easier divisions for him to ride in. So I wouldn't read too much into that. Well, he's not even gone novice chase, and he pulled up in last year's Albert Bartlett. He's gone straight to hunter, straight to the hunter sphere. Yeah, he would have done plenty of schooling if you were having a bet on him. But it's yeah, really, you know, I don't think he's in the same league as Billaway. No, uh, neither do I. I think that, I can't believe the price on Billaway. Ten it to is, three. It is mad, isn't it? it is <laughs> yeah. Crazy. Uh, I think that I'll be getting stuck into that one. Um, I already have. <laughs> there, there are two others that add. Uh, I'd like to mention as well, Somatigal for Paul Nichols, who's actually ridden by Will Biddick, who trained the Fox Hunters winner. That's a bit of inception right there. Um, but on the 4th of February at Wincanton, albeit the ground was heavy, it will be good to soft on Thursday. But he beat Porlock Bay when giving him weight at Wincanton. Um, so Somatigal might be a dirty little each way pick there. I think that Ladbrooks are paying four places on the race at 13 to two, and you can take six to one with five places on Sky. Um, and the other one that I've got my eye on is Dashing Perk. Um, I know that you were saying Patrick Patrick Mullins is the best amateur jockey, but I think that Sam Whaley Cohen is also one of them. I think he's levels above um, the other jockeys in the race, like Edward Austin. And Zach Baker, like he's won a gold cup. Um, if you go through his form as well, he's only had one hunter's chase. He was sent off the favourite, and he was uh, he was five lengths behind Cade de Burley. Um, but 
you don't have to go all that far back through his form to see that he beat Paint the Dream two years ago, and he was second behind Mercy, Mercy Me. He, he didn't even run badly at the back end of 2020. He was nine lengths behind Modus at Aintree, and then he came back to Aintree and was beaten two and a half lengths by Clan Legend. It's it's good form, and he quite clearly liked Aintree. So I'd be willing to take a little each way punt on Dashing Perk at 12 to one. I yeah. don't think I don't think that he should be that price. I think he should be single figures. Yeah. Um, the next race is the Red Rum Handicap Chase, and I have not looked into this too much at all. Have you? No, not at all, really. No. Well, you see, I, I made my notes for Friday and Saturday um, because I knew that we weren't going to have the entries for these for for those days. I was expecting to be able to get home and make some notes but because of the time restrictions that we've got I've, I've not had a chance to make notes on the uh, on the Thursday races that so there's just one that caught my eye for this um, and it was Moon over Germany uh, Henry de Bromhead's gone out of his way to book Jordan Gainford the horse actually won this race in 2019 and he's not had many chase starts since he's uh, he's been over hurdles for his last one two three four five He's been over hurdles for five of his last six runs. His last run was a chase at Navan, where he's beaten by Grand National Fancy any second now. Um, he's His mark is 145, which is still higher. I don't understand how. It's 145 in Ireland. It's 148 in the UK. I don't understand how it's higher than what it is when he won the race two years ago. But Henry's gone out of his way to book Jordan. I think that Moon over Germany could run a nice race, could win the Red Rum Handicap Chase for a second year. Yeah, nice. Um, he would be a decent bet for me, but I think he could just be somewhat of a has-been now at, at 10. Like, he's taken on sort of younger, more unexposed rivals. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I'd, I'd agree with you. It was It's just the first one that caught my eye. I can't really see anything else in the field that I'd be willing to give a mention to. I'll echo that, and we'll just move on to the bumper. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, this, <laughs> this one will be over quite quickly. Um, Eileen Dover should be odds on. Is odds on in some places, odds against in a couple of others. She just wins, doesn't she? Uh, yeah, yeah, but the 16 runners, you're going to get maybe even in some places five places each way, and it's what? Uh, five to six, seven to four, LS Bell, and then you've got 16's bar. It, this race is really nice for an each way bet. Um, to be honest with you, I agree. I think Eileen Dover does win. Um, LA Bell ran an absolute cracker at Cheltenham. Couldn't put you off her if you wanted to take on Eileen Dover. But the one for me each way it would be Heartbreaker. Um, she did. She did actually run uh, last week. So she's she's quite fresh, but she did win like a really good horse. The time was relatively good. Um, she she fairly sprinted away from them in the end. She looks as if being by Cable Bay that she'll like the ground. Um, she she won on good ground the time before, so she's clearly sidestepped a fair few of the heavy going, soft going bumpers this uh, this winter. She's probably been aimed at this. She won basically as she liked last time. It was a really good introduction for her. This might have been the plan, and she's entered. Uh, at the end of the day, it's a grade two, so they clearly think a hell of a lot of her. Um, I, I to, she's not even in the betting here. Well, she's she's 33 to one now. If any of you wanted a, a small each way bet on her, I really couldn't put you off. Heartbreaker. 
you love bumpers and high price selections. Um, yeah. My each way shout would be Miss Lamb. Um, she was well, six, fourth in the betting. <laughs> she's sixteen to one though. Yeah, that's you're the thing. What? Like it's such three point two one, basically three to one for a place. Uh, I think you can actually say sixteen to five because some bookies have started being weird and using that as a price now. That's a thing. Uh, but Miss Lamb second behind Eileen Dover. She had Grand G in third, who obviously won that valuable listed race at um is it was it a listed race? She won a really valuable oh, mare's bumper. It was a great um, race. It was a grade two, yeah, it was a grade two. She beat Party Central at the Dublin Racing Festival. And obviously Party Central has come out and franked the form since. Um she was third behind Eileen Dover and Miss Lamb and Dragon Bones, who won a listed stayers hurdle on listed three mile mares hurdle, I should say. It's uh, if I say stayers hurdle, it gets confused with the champ- championship races. It's not, uh, but she won a three mile listed mares hurdle on debut, and she was 13 lengths behind Eileen Dover, six and a half lengths behind Miss Lamb. I think that Miss Lamb is an absolutely outrageous price for this. I definitely think that. She's got more of a chance than mind Sunday for Nikki and Nico. I'll maybe have her about eight to one, nine to one. I think that she will place if she can replicate that run from Market Raisin. Do you want to move on to the Friday then? Yeah, let's. Yeah, so we start off with a Potemps Network handicap hurdle, not to be confused with the Potemps Network handicap final. <laughs> um, who do you like in this one? Have you had um, much of a chance to look? Um, not really, to be honest with you. I think um, as we speak, there's still 56 entered to run. Um, I, I would I would be interested in Craig Meesh if he turned up. Um, Have you been reading my notes? Oh, really? <laughs> I know. I think you put him up for the Coral Cup, didn't you? He ran Heaven yeah. Help Us um, to second. Um, the race really wasn't one run to suit any of the ones in behind. It was a really enterprising ride on heaven help us um yeah craig niche could be i I think he'll probably be relatively short um once there's betting on him but i think he's he's roughly the right mark he's 142 this is obviously a grade three handicap hurdle like there are some well to quote from the from the last uh, segment we did uh has been there's plenty of those in here um i would yeah to be honest with you the race is an absolute minefield when you look at it right now but yeah, yeah. No, Craig Craig Beach is the only one that really stands out to me he's got a nice weight as well well uh, yeah it's, it's very hard without final declarations and there's no prices to sort of guide you in the right direction there are a couple that I made note of um wild about Oscar I think I like the horse but I think 150 might be a bit beyond him um like I said I like Miller's bank but he's obviously not going for this anymore uh, I should we we should be seeing him in this. I think that he'd probably win this actually off um off one four seven. I don't think that that's gonna be his ceiling. Um Edward Stone, you know I like him. I backed him for the county, just unsure about him going up in trip. He did finish the county really nicely though. He was coming with a late rattle. I think if that race was maybe a furlong longer, he'd have snatched second perhaps. But yeah, the one that I landed on was Craig Nash. Um He's only gone up three pounds for his run in the Coral Cup, which you can say is harsh <coughs> for a horse who got beaten nine lengths, but he still put nice daylight between between him and T Clipper in uh, right. third place. So yeah, Craig Nish for me as well. Yeah, so 
be Craig Nish for both of us then. Um, just uh, just while you're talking there, I was having a look. I think T Clipper could also be an interesting one. He was uh, third behind Craig Nish, and he'll also carry the same weight as Craig Nish. He's a year younger, and um, he's had a couple of bad runs in there, but you could you couldn't even call them bad runs to be honest. He's been largely consistent throughout his racing career, and I think he could be overlooked. Um, I think both of them could be quite short, but they're both definitely decent each way bets. Um, yeah, move on to the next race. Yeah, uh, the next race is the two miles Betway top novices hurdle. And who have we got here being the favourite? The Racing Post website's decided to mess up once again, so I don't actually know who the favourite is. Um, it looks like third time lucky is. That doesn't look right to me. No, <laughs> that doesn't look right to me at all. Uh, I think that there's a lot of umming and ahhing about who goes where. Um, a lot of these are doubly entered in the two mile four hurdle. I know for a fact that third time lucky is coming here and he's already jocked up though. Um, so let's assume that Dusa, My Drogo, any news? Let's assume they're coming here and we'll talk about it as if all of them are going. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just let's just go with that. Um, I think My Drogo is favourite. He was, but I think that he will be heading to a two mile four now. Like he's five to one in some places and two to one in others. It's all the double entries are annoying. Yeah. But, but um, what can you do? I'll kick us off with this one. Um so yeah, another another weird race. I know Tritonic will probably be quite well backed again as as people from Cheltenham look to recoup the losses. I why, don't know. Why, if... why do you think sorry, sorry to interrupt, but why is he why is he coming here instead of going to the four-year-old? That's a good question. I can understand really who Gray coming here because I know that Nichols knows that Mon Morale is a banker. But why is Tritonic coming here? What's Alan King got in the four-year-old hurdle? Yeah, that's a good question. And if Tritonic does come here, why is he eight to one? Why is he not twelves, fourteens, sixteens? I don't get it. Yeah. Carry on. <laughs> sorry, sorry about that. Um, so yeah, no, Hugree um ran really well in the in the Boodles. Um he could be an interesting one. Um there's a couple in here that I really like going forward. Uh, I think Majogo is a good horse, um, hence why he's so well supported, but again, don't really know where he's going. Uh Dusart really took me on debut and like many many others I think backed him for the Supreme when he won, um, for them to find out he was uh, had a setback and missed the Cheltenham Festival. He is quite short, probably priced on potential more than anything. Um, Ajero is an interesting one. Um, I've liked him this season. I think any news could be a decent bet. He unseated last time and he looked to be travelling really well. Um, there's a lot of decent noises in here and juveniles in here that you could look at. Um, it's really trappy at the moment, but if you if you put a gun to my head, I'd I'd probably I'd probably go with um with a Jero at the moment. I can't believe that you've just told me that a horse was travelling well when he unseated his ride four out about six or seven furlongs from home. Like they were all travelling well. No, they were, they were all they were all the travelling well. <laughs> um, yeah. So this race, I'm going to be in the Dusart camp. If he turns up, I think I'll be devastated if he goes for a two mile four hurdle because I've already put him in an anti post acker. It's only a quid, but I don't like losing money. <laughs> um, third time lucky, he's the wrong favourite. He should never be favourite for this. But if Dusart, my Drogo don't go, 
he's probably the likeliest winner. Um, Ajero's good. He's nice and progressive. I, I think that the real deal is interesting if he comes. Uh, if he's got over the setback that ruled him out of Cheltenham, and I think that 12 to 1 with Bet365 is absolutely outrageous, especially considering the my Drogo and Dusat might go to a two mile four hurdle. Um, I, I, I just don't think that my Drogo will come here. I think that the step down to two miles after running over two mile two last time, I think that would be seen as a negative after the trainer's comments where he was saying that this is going to be his gold cup horse. You'd expect to see him gradually step up in trip. So I expect mate, him to see that. Sorry. Sorry, sorry mate, but you could also argue that the ground at entry full stop might be a little bit lively for him. Yeah. I, I, I just don't really know, to be honest. Like I don't like, analyzing races where two horses or one horse could not be turning up um the, the drift on Dusart is slightly worrying me i'd love to see him over two miles because i backed him for next year's arkle as well i just can't believe that he ran into a pole and scuppered his chances of, of running in the supreme because he would have had an almighty chance in that he to defeat the betfair hurdle winner soaring glory on his very first start it's quite impressive isn't it he, he had no point to point he had no bumper form he's come out and he's done a job against a horse that had already won over hurdles against brave man's game and he, he was a tidy bumper horse as well wasn't he soaring glory so i do say he's got so much improvement to come um i'm sitting on 28 to 1 for the arkles god i hope he goes there um do you think he you know, would have had an almighty chance to quote in the he, supreme he wouldn't he have beaten have anywhere he near appreciate it. He'd have got in five or six lengths. I don't <laughs> think that he would have beaten him. Yeah, uh, still though, on his second. It's start, easy to easy been. to say after the event, isn't it? But yeah, I think that I think that he would win this if he were to turn up in it. I don't want to see him in the two mile four hurdle. Um, like I said, the real deal. He's overpriced. The form of his race hasn't worked out badly at all. Um, Ganapathy was down the field in the in the county hurdle admittedly but echoes in rain was six and three quarter lengths behind in fourth and the real deal was giving him weight it is the him isn't it echoes in rain no it's a mare my bad <laughs> um <laughs> but still that's what nine pounds i think that the real deal was giving echoes in rain that's that's quite a lot and beat it quite convincingly um so the real deal would be my each way shout do sat Please come here, Nicky. Please. Yeah, he does listen as well. He's a big fan of uh, his. Well, he didn't, did he? Because I absolutely begged him to send Dickie Diver to the uh, National Chase and he didn't want to qualify him. The, the only other one worth a mention in this field would be Belfast Banter. Um, the trainer has come out and said that he really appreciates the UK style of racing. Obviously, he won the county hurdle off bottom weight, so he's still got a couple pounds to find. But, I'd probably say about £10 to find um, if he wants to be winning a race like this. But yeah, as you can tell, do start for me. Yeah. We'll go on to the 250, the three mile, one furlong, Betway, mild main, novices chase, where Chantry House is your two to one favourite. Do you think he wins? No. I don't. No. It's as simple as that. Um, I think he, obviously, he won the marsh, didn't he? But I think he was 
quite lucky to win the marsh actually um obviously envoy lm fell he'd have beaten him um Shanblu kicked for home what top of the hill it was it was absolutely mental that ride that harry yeah. skill gave him absolutely um i'm looking at one here a half decent price and it's happy go lucky um i think he well on official ratings he's got 10 pounds to find with chantry house um i just don't think he enjoyed uh the hill at cheltenham like i know he's course form there but he looked off a break as well when he ran at Cheltenham, he looked to just have a big blow coming to the second last when he would have traded at odds on him running. Um, he was clearly the best horse in that race, but Vintage Clouds was really game from the front and he just couldn't get past. Um, I think he'll have come on again from that run and I don't think £10 from this horse is going to be too hard to find. Um, at 6-1, to one, he, he'll be the bet for me and it's a relatively confident one. Well, I'm against you. Um I think that Chantry House is the likeliest winner, but if I'm going to have a bet in this race, it's going to be the other Kim Bailey one with Espoir de Rome. Oh, yeah. uh, I really like this horse, and I definitely prefer him out of the Kim Bailey too. I think that he would have slaughtered the field at Cheltenham if uh, if there was a novice handicap chase still kicking about. Um, the Shunter is the only one that would have caused any sort of danger to him. He, he won easily at Leicester, but he beat a 10-year-old by nine and a half lengths on heavy ground. And I don't think that that justifies the £15 rise. He, literally, Kim likes to take his horses along slowly, doesn't he? We've seen him do it with Imperial Aura. But I think that that £15 rise has sort of given him no chance but to target a grade one. I think that if if I was Kim, I'd be wanting to aim him at another handicap off a mark similar to what Happy Go Lucky was off on in the Ultima. But I think that the handicap has sort of forced his hand. Um, it, that said, I still think that Espoir de Rome will have a very good chance in this race like he was giving weight to royal pagai and he was only beaten by seven lengths we've, we've seen what royal pagai has done since he's quite clearly an animal so it'd be espoir de rome for me i, I can't have Chamblou, uh especially not over three miles i know that he's won over three miles before but he didn't beat anything special he beat the big breakaway who jumps like a church organ the big breakaway is not winning this race either and i don't think that fiddler on the roof is going to win this race but some firms to have him eight to one and happy go lucky shorter i think that's a bit iffy i think like he was second in an rsa slash brown advisory to monkfish i think that fiddler on the roof should be a shorter price albeit he'll come second because he just doesn't know how to win um looking at the others sporting john is perhaps overpriced if you can ignore his fall the last day and i don't really have much of a preference for anything else uh, i don't know why a scary 10 is jocked up He's not going to run, is he? Pulled up in the Irish National just a couple of days ago, just yesterday, in fact. So I don't think he'll run. Um, I've I've got this down between Chantry House and Espoir de Rome. Yeah, well, obviously I'm on Happy Go Lucky. Both we both fancy a Kim Bailey horse, so it could be interesting to see what David gets on. Yeah, I'll have a little match bet with you if they both turn up. All right. Yeah, I'm happy with that. But yeah, no, if uh, I think what Bassi rides will be key. Yeah, I think he, I think he'll go for Espoir de just because he's rated higher. <laughs> That'd yeah. be the logical thing for me to do. If not, then Kim might get Kieran Geffings on it because he he, he rode Espoir de Romay on his uh, chase debut. Uh, before we move on to the next race as well, I've actually got a little bit of trivia for you. Oh, there we go. We'll see how much studying you've been doing, won't we? Um, 
So Chantry House, the favourite for this race, on his point-to-point debut, he unseated. But in that same point-to-point, there were two future Grade One winners and a Grade Two winner. Can you name them? I actually can. Yeah, I know this one. I know yeah. one of them. It was Monkfish. Yep. And it was a good point to point. I remember there were a couple of decent horses in there. Monkfish won, and I think Fury Road was a finisher. Yeah, he was fourth. Is that is that the answer or? Well, there's one more. You you need to find the uh, the other Grade One winner. My memory won't serve me. I, I I remember Monkfish won. That's good enough for points of point knowledge for me. And Fury Road was in the race, but go on, enlighten yeah. me. The other one was Fiddler on the Roof. He was fifth. Oh, really? Huh. Yeah, 17 lengths behind Monkfish. And uh, I'll tell you what, I didn't notice this until looking at the Irish National decks, but opposite to Tract, who was 10th in the Irish National, he actually beat home Fury Road and Fiddler on the Roof in that point to point. Wow, that was a cracking point to point. <laughs> yeah, lovely little race, that, with Chantry House unseating. Glad uh, I didn't disgrace myself either. Yeah, good good little knowledge from you. Shows that you know your stuff. Uh, we'll move on to the pre-25. The why, why is it called the Marsh Chase now? I don't know. We'll call it the Melling Chase. Um, Politologs your five to two favorite. He he wins, doesn't he? Um. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I think. Oh, I, it's a race that I won't be having a bet in. Put it like that. Um. There's a couple in here who also have other engagements. Um. It's a it's just a strange race, really. Like, I can't find the winner of this race. It's Let two miles. Watch. Yeah, no, it's two, it's two miles four. And He's won this race in the past, though, and he beat Min. I know, but what I'm saying is there's five or six horses in there that you could make a case for their best trips and optimum trips to be shorter, longer. There's just... There's too many horses in here with too many question marks in in my book. Um, Politologs two to one. I'll I'll let Mike make the case for him. But he just wins, doesn't he? That that, that is the case. That's compelling, he's, that. Look, yeah, thank you very much. Look, he's he's a grand old horse. This Politolog, he can do two miles. He can do two mile four. He's more than capable of uh, performing the switch. Fakir Dudery would interest me. He ran uh, he ran a nice race in the Ryanair. He ran a nice race at the Dublin Racing Festival. I think that two miles and four furlongs is his optimum trip, and he could possibly turn up here after being a non-runner due to the ground on Easter Monday. It would be interesting to see him come over. I'm not sure what the rules are regarding COVID. Uh, he might have had to be here already. I'm not sure if they can just put him on a boat tomorrow and uh, bring him over in time. But he'd be one that interests me. Um, I don't really rate Dashel Drasher. I think he's just an Ascot specialist. It was very nice to see him do what he did at Ascot, though. Notebook, I can't have stepping up in trip. It'd be lovely to see Nutswell win this, though. And obviously, he's won the old row, and so he's got form around here. If, if Clondor Castle can win the ball, then you've got to fancy Nutswell for this as well, haven't you? Just just as a scummy little each way bet at 6-1. to one. Um I don't like itchy feet at, at all. Um, similarly to Nutswell, it'd be a lovely story if Anne Hamilton could train train a grade one winner here. But it'd also be lovely if Kayleigh Woolacott could train Laylaw to victory. Um, he quite obviously loves Aintree. The only question mark is that he's been off the track since the 25th of January 2020. I can't have the other two in the market. So Politologue is the likeliest winner just based on the time that he 
demolished Min, uh, albeit three years ago. But as a horse gets older, he needs the longer trip. Um, Master Tommy Tucker, I, I just don't know about him. <laughs> he might be able to put up a better show in here than he did at Ascot, but he's seemingly quite inconsistent, isn't he? And he needs his jockey to do a lot of work for him. Mm. So if Sam Twiston Davis isn't on his A game, the horse is going to take a tumble. Um, he beat Good Boy Bobby by 15 lengths the last time Sam rode him, so there's no real question mark over that. I, I don't think he's good enough to beat Politolog. Um, the jockey bookings would suggest that, the ratings would suggest that, but I think he might be able to get the better of Dashiell Drasher since he's going around a left-handed track this time. Yeah, I'll push you then. Straight tri-cast. Straight tri-cast. Um, Politolog to beat Fakir to beat Nutswell. Tidy. Yeah, that would pay, pay all right for a quid, wouldn't it? Yeah, maybe. I, I I like Fakir. It'd be nice to see him get his head in front after all the twos next to his name. Yeah, he's bumped into a fair few. Yeah, like you only have to look at his career winnings. He's got 82k career winnings, but career earnings 287k. Yeah. Um, we'll move on to the 405, the Topham. Jesus, you deciphered this one yet? Um. Yeah, I'm not usually. Uh, big handicap lover of that as our listeners will know um but i've actually got two fancies in here um it's boring and i think he's been the money horse of late um it's not live love laugh who's gone into favoritism um it's farclas i think he ran a really nice run who farclas yeah i think he i think he's dropped up in the national isn't he okay well that's that's gone out the window um (laughs) make your case for him in case he does well, yeah, if he was just class doesn't by... go, then you're going to have a really nice price about anyone else in the field, aren't you? Yeah, pretty much. But with Farclas, he just bumped into the shunter, didn't he? Um, ran a good race, looked as if he was plotted for that race at Cheltenham. Um, might make amends here, but um, I'm also leaning towards Courtmaster um, at a much bigger price. I think you can get about 20s for him. Um, he's a consistent horse. Um, I think this race is wide open and he's fairly unexposed compared to the field. I think he could just be overpriced. Um, he's got half decent form to his name. Yeah, that would, that would be my each way bet in the race. Not really that confident, um, about him, but he's got age, uh, weight on his side as well. Um, he might be, he could be chucked in, um, given he's so unexposed, that would probably be my bet. Yeah, I think that the market's got this one right with Live Love Laugh. Absolutely flew over the national fences and just didn't get home in 2019. I think that the Topham was the was the aim last year, but obviously for reasons that we all are aware of and hate, um, the 2020 Aintree Festival was cancelled, so that was blown out of the water. I'm not sure he'll be able to do this as an 11-year-old, but it would be quite remarkable if William Mullins could train him to do so since it's been so long that he's actually seen a win. Live, love, laugh. Yeah. I think his last, last, last win was at the very start of 2018, so he's definitely deserving of a nice long drink of water at the end of uh, a grueling race. And it, I really like using form over the entry fences as a guide to backing horses over the Aintree fences, if that makes sense. Really? Really? That's, yeah. that's compelling, mate. Well, no, so I you know. like horse I... form to make a case for a horse. If only if only other people were like No, that. I mean, I... <laughs> God's sake. For, for the Cheltenham Festival, I'm less likely to 
back a horse because he's got previous Cheltenham form. But with the national fences, if you've got previous form over the national fences, a rate you're slightly higher. Does that make sense? Like it, yeah. it plays more of a factor in my mind when picking a horse for entry because it's quite specialist, isn't it? Like, yeah, no, I agree with that. Cheltenham is a specialist. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, little little just pop for the, at you for <laughs> just, a very just, basic insight. <laughs> just, just, just for the benefit of the other listeners that might be questioning what I'm saying, that's that's sort of what it comes down to. Um, two at short prices, Caribbean Boy, and two for gold. I think that Daryl Jacob's been talking up Caribbean Boy for so long now. And Kim Bailey's always said that the Topham is going to be the plan for two for gold, who seemingly didn't stay, but still tried really hard when he got beat by Clough Cap at Kelso. Um, and then my two at big prices would be Glenn Forser, who's a very assured jumper and would be um, well suited by this step back up to two miles five after running in the Grand Annual last time. He's a lovely jumper. He's basically foot perfect until he fell in the arkle and fell in the Holden Gold Cup. Um, that Grenadine won at the start <laughs> You're of the season. You're digging yourself a hole here. Shush, I like, I like Glenn Forser. He will not fall over the national fences. 40 to 1's a great price. I think that we'll see him to better effect stepping up back in trip. And the other one, once again, I'm using the entry fences as as a guide here. It's Sir Jack Yates, who I think has been campaigned with this in mind. He had a lovely little spin around here in the Beecher um, when he was beaten five lengths by Bow Bay at 33 to 1. He had a really nice run at Sandown when he was beaten by doing it for the village. He flopped at Fakenham twice since, but one of them was over hurdles, suggesting that they're protecting his handicap mark over fences for this race. He only needs one horse to come out to get in, so he's obviously going to. Um, I think that he's going to run a really nice race, Sir Jack Yates. I think he'll just bounce him out in front and see if he can hold on. Yeah. Yeah, so I'd, I'd probably say live, love, laugh to win and... So Jackie Yates is my each way pick. But I wouldn't put anyone off Caribbean Gold on two for gold and they're definitely going to shorten in price if Far Class doesn't go. So might be worth having a couple quid each way on them. Tidy. Yeah. The 440, the Doom Bar Sefton Novices Hurdle. Can I get started on this? Can, yeah, because I've got oh, an absolutely God. wild opinion. So. I know what you're going to say, so I'm just going to put it out there now that Brave Man's Game does win this does win this race. The, the, I can't wait to see him at three miles I think that the step up in trip is going to be the making of him, and then the fences are going to be the solidifying of him next year. He, he didn't run too bad a race in the Ballymore. He finished third, as expected, behind a horse that we know has more gears than him. Um, if you think about it, Champ, he lost in the Ballymore, he came back, and he won this. I think that oh, that Albert Bartlett was a very tough race, and the second, the third, the sixth and the seventh and the fifth in Philippe actually they all reoppose i'm not willing to take any of them um the, the real deal he's entered in here as well i don't think he'll go it makes more sense for him to go the two mile route cape gentleman i also think he would be better off over two miles so from from my eye the market's got it right when i was looking at this the other day brave man's game was three to one he's now a best price two to one he he just he just wins. I can't see anything in behind except maybe Midnight River that is going to cause any sort of problems to him. Um, if you want one at wild price, then maybe guard your dreams. He's he's nah. been gagging. He's been gagging for a step up in trip. That's not a wild price, mate. That leads me on very nicely. Well, it's twenty five to one. 
yeah, I've got one at an even wilder price here for. I know, I know what you're going to say. Go on, make the case because I know, I know you're very keen on this horse. I've been, yeah, right. I've made no secret. I, I, I would have said something about him, but I knew that you would have wanted to make the case. I'm <laughs> assuming I'm, you're on about the Lu- Lucinda Russell horse. I am on about the Lucinda Russell yeah, horse. Yeah, go, go Ahoy, on. Senor. Right now, I was really, really taken by his maiden hurdle win. Um, he hasn't been seen since. He was uh, declared, I think, last Friday, but he didn't make um, make an appearance. So, to be honest with you, I, it looks as if he will be he will be going here. Um, it's, I believe, his only entry in coming weeks and months. Um, I really like this horse. I, I've I've said to Mike, I've been banging on about Ahoy Senor for ages. Um, I backed him. Uh, last time when he won that maiden hurdle I think he was about 16 to 1 I think he had decent bumper form to his name um, he could be wildly overlooked here at 33 to 1 I know it's coming from straight maiden hurdle win but 50s in places yeah it, if there's an upset it's going to be him it, it, Ahoy Senor will be the upset if there is an upset um, to be honest with you I'm not his biggest fan but I think and it pains me to say Brave Man's Game is definitely the horse to beat um, he could improve for the step up for, to three miles um, I think he will judging by vibes from the stable and the trainer but Ahoy Senor he's proven at the distance he looked as if he would stay all day last time um, the only qualm I'd have would be perhaps the ground could be on the quick side for him. Um, but it doesn't look as if there are many front runners in this race. Um, you've got Adramel who would look to go forward. To be honest with you, I can see them maybe letting Ojo Senor get on with it, given he's such an outsider. And it might be shades of Bryony Frost on uh, Frodon in the King George, like thinking that he's going to come back to him, thinking they're going to come back to him. To, to be quite honest with you, um, he could run an absolutely massive race at 50 to 1. They'll be, given the field size, there'll be decent offers for the place terms. Um, I've been really keen on this horse for a while now. Um, I think regardless of what happens here, he's going to be a very good horse. He won in the style of a very good horse last time. Um I'm under no illusions. It definitely it was a maiden hurdle, and the form of it isn't great, and it's nowhere near enough to be mixing in this. But I'm not looking at the form. I'm looking at the horse, and the way he won just really took my eye. And it's rare that I get that excited about a maiden hurdle winner. Um, I've backed a few maiden it's hurdle winners. Helps. It sort of helps when you've got a few quid on at 16s, though, doesn't it? it yeah, it does. <laughs> and to be honest with you. I was watching the race and it was never in any doubt. He absolutely dictated from the front and he quickened when he wanted to and put the race to bed in a matter of strides. He was wildly overpriced that day and he's wildly overpriced today. I think he could make a mark on the top stage. Um, Given this is a grade one, he's got plenty to find, but Brave Man's Game is the most likely winner. One at a huge price would be a Hoy Senor for me. I'm confident he could run into into five places. Yeah, well, I'm I'm just gonna say, guard your dreams each way in Brave Man's game. I think he's a banker. I think that you're gonna get a lot shorter than two to one on the day. That's for sure. It might be a bit lazy of me to 
just instantly rule out all of the Albert Bartlett horses, but Vanillier did put them to the sword. And it's always a slog of a race for a novice, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll move on to the last race of a Friday, which is the conditional jockeys and amateur riders handicap hurdle over two miles and a half of furlong. Um, have you had a chance to look at this one? I have, and I've got a really strong fancy in it. I hope you've got the same one as me. Um, my strong advice would be not to have a bet in this race. That's fantastic advice. I've only landed on one horse in this. <laughs> okay, well, yeah, take 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 them away because I've got absolutely no opinion whatsoever, and I would just advise people not to waste their money on this race. Yeah, well, like I said, it's uh, it's kind of hard without jocked up horses. It's kind of hard without prices to steer you in the right direction. But the one that I've landed on here is Do Your Job um, for Michael Scudamore. I, I think <laughs> I think that as we were looking at the two mile novices hurdle he's actually been jocked up there i really hope that he doesn't go i think that he's got much more of a chance in a handicap i'd like connections to stop being ambitious in a race that they've quite simply got no chance in if you're 23 lengths behind metier you're not going to win a two mile novice hurdle entry are you so the reason that i fancy him for this handicap is that he beat kadzand by nine and a half lengths when giving him six pounds I know that it was Kadzan's debut, but that was still a very impressive performance. He's Kadzand has since come out and he's now rated one three eight. Do your job is still rated one three six. He's got decent form behind Landinabo Lad in a listed race at Haydock. He was obviously fourth in the Tollworth behind Metier, and he didn't run a bad race at all when beaten nine and a half lengths by My Drogo last time out. He was still nine nine and a half lengths clear of the third horse, Castle Russian. I just think that 136 seriously underestimates a horse that I think could be rated at least £10 higher than that next year if he continues um, to be as progressive as he is. I've just realised I've missed something else out looking at my notes as well, so I'm just going to go back to do your job real quick. But that novice's hurdle that he won at air with Kadzand in second, you've got a subsequent three-time winner in the shape of Wetlands finishing third and another subsequent winner called Confirmation Bias who finished in fourth. So the form is stacking up nicely and I just think that on handicap debut he could be thrown in. Um, the market will open and if he's declared for this he could be 25-1 to 1, but regardless of what price he opens if he comes to this handicap I will be backing him. Yeah, tidy. There's not really any others that catch my eye. To be honest with you, I think oh, that uh, yeah. yeah, if Paros runs well in the uh, in the four-year-old hurdle, then I guess you could give Mackenberg a nice little shout um, if he runs here. But no, that is basically all I've got to say about that handicap hurdle. Lovely job. We'll move on to the Saturday. We start with another handicap hurdle, a three-mile one. Sure. Who've, who have you got for this? Um, again nothing really um shock of the century i know uh t clippers also entered in this um i like the horse i'd be interested in him wherever he runs uh, as long as it's a handicap over three wherever he runs i'd be interested in him no other real opinion i think he was he was staying on in um the coral cup i don't think a step up and trip would be the wildest suggestion of the year. Uh, um, I think he's more of a more of a middle distance horse, two mile for the intermediate trip. I think it suits him well. Uh, I've just got a couple on my shortlist for this one. Um, 
Molly Ollie's wishes, she can get the distance quite well. She she won at Kempton. Um, she went to Warwick and she beat Paul Saga, who was 160 odd rated. Beat her by 15 lengths in a mare's hurdle at Warwick, and she 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 ran a nice race in the national hunt national spirit hurdle at Fontwell. She she wasn't expected to win that at all, um, but she still beat home Call Me Lord, who was quite a good horse back in the day. Uh, one four seven, it might might be a little bit out of reach for her, but I still think she'll run a nice race. Uh, you know what I mean, Harry? I wouldn't put anyone off him. Um, you want an entry at the start of the season. It'd be interesting to see if Kevin Brogan gets jocked up on him. Uh, he's he's run a two pretty poor races behind Come On Teddy and Mrs Milner at Cheltenham since. And the other one on my shortlist, I'll just scroll down slightly, was Southfield Harvest for Paul Nichols. I think he was meant to run in the attempts, but he actually missed it. He could turn up here. He's still got improvement to come over three miles, I think. But yeah, it's just 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 those for me and. I don't know what price he's going to open. Perhaps come on Teddy, who's ranked quite consistently this year. Without prices, without full decks and jockey bookings, it's kind of hard to get steered in the right direction for this, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I'd probably say my main fancy for that one would be Molly's, Ollie's, Molly Ollie's Wishes. Okay. Uh, two mile four, Betway and Mersey, Novices Hurdle, the market is an absolute disgrace once again because we don't know what's turning up i'll um, kick us off because i know my, what's turning up my drogo the fav do, do you think he wins this no no i don't again it's another one for me with an each way bet um minella drama um, yes yeah i think he places i don't think he wins i think he wins it's his only entry so you can absolutely put your yeah, house on him he's already, up he's already got brian hughes dropped up yeah, I think he's got really good form. He's he's the look of a progressive horse. I mean, he's only had the five starts. Um, he, he, I remember when he ran at Haydock. Um, I think he was beaten in the neck by Favois on the day, or however the hell you say it. But he was really unlucky not to win then. He kicked for home a bit too early, and they really just fin- figured out how to ride the horse. Um, Brian Hughes, Donald McCain... Uh, on this ground, I think he could be a real good bet. And what is he about sixteen to one, Mike? Yeah, he's sixteen. Sixteen to one each way with lo- loads of doubt uh, towards the top of the market. What, who's turning up? Who's not? It looks as if it's going to be a half decent field size. You can you're bound to get sort of each way terms on the day. I think I think he's a great bet. Another drama. Yeah. Uh, further trivia for you: Who beat him in his point to point debut? Oh, I know this, but it hasn't sprung to mind. Do you want me to tell you? Yeah, go on, give me. Get, put me Sir Gerhard. Yeah. I, do you know yeah. what? That was on the tip of my tongue, but, <laughs> you know, they always are when you don't know them. Yeah, well, I'm I'm, a, I'm in agreement with you with Manila Drama. I think that he's a great each-way shout, especially at the prices currently, because he's, he's going to be single figures, isn't he, if... Uh, two or three of them don't get declared i think that my drogo comes here it's just a logical move i don't think that dusart comes here it's scary to see him drifting in the two mile market and the two mile four market though maybe he doesn't come to either um cape gentleman i wouldn't mind seeing him in this race seeing as how he's not declared in the two mile novice hurdle i'd definitely rather see him here than the three mile novice hurdle uh, i've got no preference where any news turns up i don't think he wins at either race yeah 
Um, the one that I really want to see come here is Bally Adam. I've been crying out for this lad to step up in trip all season. And I think that despite Henry de Bromhead only having a 3% strike rate, I think that he would be incredibly tough to beat if turning up in this race. But yeah, it, at, at the moment in time, I think that my Drogo is the likeliest winner. Bally Adam would be if I knew he was turning up. And Manella Drama is my each way shout. Yeah, I'm agreeing on the Manella Drama shout. Feels like we've got plenty of ammunition to take on the the sort of novice hurdle favourites, which is quite uh, well. It's just completely different to Cheltenham because I know we fancied appreciate it, Bob Ollinger pretty strongly, and we didn't really fancy anything each way. Well, but Bob Ollinger wasn't really at five when we were doing the Cheltenham review pods. He was four to one, and yeah, we all put him up as a. As a very confident selection, so that, nah. that's not that's yeah that's not showing off really. That's uh, not patting <laughs> ourselves on the back. It's, it's just fact. Uh, the next race we don't really have to spend too long getting bogged down into this. Shishkin wins it, doesn't he? No, no, I'm he joking. Did. Yeah, no, <laughs> he, he does. does. <laughs> God, yeah, he's a good horse. Don't want to waste any more of your time. I think he'll win. Yeah, um, here's just an interesting one. Oh, yeah, go on. If um, obviously Shishkin's one to four, if I made you play a straight forecast, where would you be? Tamarock to my fan. Really? Honestly. Yeah, I've, all, the plan for all mankind is to go to air over two miles four, I believe. Oh, wow, okay. I don't think that he's going to run in this race, so. Tamarock to my fan for the, for the uh, forecast. Yeah, if, if I can get higher than two to one without the fav, I'll be back in Tamarock to my fan or shoving him in a knacker. He's just. Levels ahead of the others, isn't he? I'm not sure Eldorado Allen runs here. I think that he's already decked on there. Declared well, on, on if the Thursday. Mankind and Eldorado Allen don't turn up, good luck getting 2 to 1 without Shishkin. Yeah, now, that's now, the now, thing. now that you mention it, might just have to back Gumball. Lol. Gumball. <laughs> <laughs> um, the 335, this is, this is going to be an absolute belter of a race. The Ryanair Stairs hurdle registered as the Liverpool hurdle. What are we saying on this? It is an absolute belter of a race. It's it's what the stairs hurdle should have been. been. Yeah, could have and should have been with Paisley Park, Time Hill, Saudi Berlin, and Roxana. It's a cracking race, isn't it? I personally won't be having a bet in this because I'd just like to watch this race. I think you don't have to have a bet in every race to enjoy it. Um, you do at Cheltenham. You do at Cheltenham, perhaps. I'm, yeah. I'm joking, but it sort of feels like yeah, sacrilege if you miss out one race. If you know, if I, you fancy one that went on and won. I, yeah, I did. I didn't care one bit about the cross country, but I just had two pound each way on some neck just to say that I had a bet in the race. Well then, yeah. I'm not um, an addict. I'm not an addict, by the way. I'm not an addict. <laughs> yeah, well, you you keep telling yourself that, mate. You told yourself enough there. You don't sound too confident to me. Sorry. Um, no, so it's an interesting one. I, to be honest with you, I think. Time Hill will win. Um, Rock, <laughs> you've been stealing my notes. No, I haven't, lad. I can literally send you a photo of mine <laughs> right now. Roxana will be interested in back up to this trip. I think she's definitely more of a stayer, and she was found out last time in the Mers hurdle. They yep. tried to they try to make use of her too early. Um, she's definitely not one to run sort of handy, and she did. And it's just a testament to her that she managed to finish third. I think she'll be a danger on the day, especially on this flat track. Yeah, um, but I think Time Hill just could improve past a lot of them. 
Well, that's that's why I've picked him. He's in a second season hurdler. He's still got more improvement to come. And obviously he missed Cheltenham where Cider Burley and Paisley Park both had an absolute slog of a race. Um, I don't like Cider Burley away from away from Cheltenham at all. Sneezy's only operating at a 4% strike rate at the moment. Like It's not going to be nice for the Irish trainers to come over and get schooled. <laughs> we weren't <laughs> saying that last month, were we? But I... <sighs> I, I do like Paisley Park. I really like him, but he didn't look himself last time out, did he? He hit his flat spot a lot earlier than usual. Um, you know that I like Lisnagar Oscar, but away from Cheltenham, I've got question marks over him, and he suffered a very heavy fall last time out. Ones that I like at big prices, um, obviously I think Time Hill wins it. Roxana's going to play. So one of, one of these might fill the other place. Um, Dior Kerr and Third Wind. I think that third wind, he's, he's still progressive. I think he's not going to be a high 160 rated horse. He could sneak into lowly rated 160s if he performs something like he did at Haydock. I think that there's a bit of progression in him. He's he's just got a bit to find with Paisley and Time Hill and Roxana on that on that long walk form. But he, he could sneak into third, maybe, at uh, 16 to 1. Beacon yeah. Edge as, yeah, Beacon Edge as well, if... If he turns up, I don't think he will. Um, you can't really declare a horse. You can't really take a horse out of a race for having a temperature and then decide to run him four days later in in a three mile contest. I just think that that's a bit. That's going to be a bit too adventurous if they do that, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I'd agree. Um, time Hill to win, Roxana to place. Simple as that, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I'd. <laughs> Now that you mention it, now that you mention it, it just seems weird putting up Thirdwin because he's got about 16 links to find on Roxana alone. The race is going to be run different, that's for sure. But he's not going to make up that ground, is he? Roxana each way is the scumbag bet at six to one. I'd have oh. her, I'd have her a short price inside of Burley around Aintree. I really would. Really? Yeah. No, I think I'd agree, especially with Garrity out the picture as well. Like. Yeah, he needs Garrity, doesn't he? Side of early. Um, now, I don't want to sort of pop a pin in your balloon about your case for Happy Go Lucky in the three mile novices chase, but and he is decked day. up. Yeah, and decked jocked up, up. Decked up and jocked up, and the Fav in this Betway handicap chase at 4.15 that precedes the Grand National. Um, I assume you're just going to make the same case for Happy Go Lucky, aren't you? Yeah, so it's the same with T Clipper. Like I like both horses, and I think they'll both be winning soon again. Um, Courtmaster and Happy Go Lucky, I put them both up earlier in the pod. I think wherever they end up, they'll be a decent bet. Um, away from those two, though, if you wanted one at a wild price, um, I really couldn't put you off um, Snow Leopardess either. She's she's about twelve to one. Um, she could definitely run into a place. Stop reading my notes. <laughs> I'll read my note word for word on this. No idea here, but I like Snow Leopardess. She beat home four higher. She beat home four higher rated rivals at Cheltenham, and she hasn't been raised for that. That's that's all I've written about this race. What an absolutely god awful race. Yeah. <laughs> no, no disrespect, but like it's just a bit of a shambles, isn't it? Happy go lucky wins if if he comes here. He just wins. Plain and simple. Could maybe make a case for Fagan. Nah, that's not that's it. Well, he can make a case for Fagan. I'm not saying he wins. Yeah. 
Jesus, it's it's not a race I'd like to get involved in. Snow Leopardess definitely overpriced at 16s. And uh, I'm going to start the Grand National, by the way, before you can steal any of my notes. I don't think Actually, I need to steal any of Should we do, should we do a 620? Should we do a 620 and then end with the Grand National? All right. Yeah, that yeah. sounds good to me. We'll do that. Uh, I have no preference in the 620. I've written down Napa's Hill or Balco Coastal. Um, Balco Coastal was very impressive at Kempton last time out, but it was a designated jumper's bumper card. So he's going to be beating like jumper's horse, isn't he? Surely. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Looking at the form of the race, he's beaten four, five, and six-year-olds, so I don't think he has. But I think that he's a good horse, and he was second to gentleman's game in a point-to-point. Won his bumper by 17 lengths, so whatever odds he opens up for this, they'll probably have a couple quid on him. I'm going to accuse you of stealing my notes now because I quite yeah, like Yeah, good. 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 Mappers Hill in agreement. It's a bit of a toughie, isn't it? Um, it's not like Cheltenham Bumper where you know the form of all of these. There are a few in here that have seemingly come from nowhere. Um, but no, I'd agree with you. Nappers Hill, I think, is the strongest form in the race. Um, pretty, pretty plain and simple for the last race of the entry festival. Should we move on to the big one? And on to Grand National, where I will be going first, just so you can't steal any of my notes. Um, I'm not going to talk about the storyteller, don't you worry. I don't think that he'll win, personally. Um, two that I also can't have, uh, Burroughs Saint and Potter's Corner. I think that Burroughs Saint is he's far too short in price. It's absolutely outrageous. Um, and Potter's Corner, he's looked a shadow of himself over hurdles this year. Uh, he had one. One nice little spin around the cross-country fences at the Cheltenham November meeting, but since then he's looked off the boil and he's, he's 11 years old now. Combine that with the fact that he had a grueling race in last year's virtual national, and it's uh, just not a chance he's going to win this, is there? No. Um, but without further ado, the ones that I like um, going from top weight to bottom weight, just because I've, I've viewed the card via how a race card should be viewed rather than via the odds. Um, top of my shortlist is Bristol Demai. Uh, I think he's the class act of the field. He's a grand old jumper. The only issue is the weight. Um, the weight, indeed. Yeah. I think that he's a better horse than Annabelle Fly, though. And if, I was very willing to back Annabelle Fly when he was top weight. So this is a more competitive Grand National, but I, I still think that I've got to have a couple quid on Bristol Demai. Uh, the next one in my shortlist is number 10, Acapella Bourgeois. He's a dual Bobby Joe winner, and Mullins has targeted the race with his national horses before. He he beat Burroughs Saint by four and three quarters of the length in this year's Bobby Joe, and he's £7 better off at the weights for doing so. Um, the price disparity is absolutely huge between them. Obviously, Burroughs Saint might be better at the trip, um, but if Acapella Bourgeois gets into a nice jumping rhythm, there's absolutely no reason why he's not going to be in the first six home at 33 to 1. The next one on my list, this one's a bit of a risky one, um, Mr. Malarkey. He was very much in the van last time out, as Kevin Blake would say. And he did very well to stay third when all of the horses that won and placed around him came from the back. Um, he has a nice chance if he can stay prominent, and it'd be nice to see Colin Tizard get a big winner like this before he uh, retires at the end of the year. In the van? In the van, that means that they're making that that they're up front and prominent, right? Right. Okay. 
I've never heard that expression in my life. No, neither have I. I'm just a shoot. Well, I've only heard it from Kevin Blake, and I don't know what it means, but I'm assuming it means <laughs> that they're prominent. So I've, I've said I've said that to sort of try and sound cool, and I'm sorry if I'm wrong. <laughs> um, next one on the shortlist: Kimberlite Candy. Uh, Graham Rodway's sort of ruined the price on this one. I don't know why people listen to that clown, but uh, he was 25 to one when I fancied him. Uh, checked a couple of days ago, he's now 12 to one. Uh, but he's got fantastic beacher form. God knows how he managed to finish second in last year's beacher. He was given a stinker of a ride, and he started making his uh, making up ground far too late. But he finished best of the rest, if you can ignore Julian Rouge, who could go over the main tree fences with uh, with a blindfold on, according to Mark Johnson. But Kimberlite Candy, he goes well fresh. He's clearly been kept fresh with this race in mind. I, I, I think that he could uh, he could definitely come top four. I'd be willing to say for Kimberlite Candy. He's guaranteed to stay the trip as well. He was a very convincing winner of the, of the Warwick Classic Chase. The next winner, uh, winner, oh, sorry. Um, getting a bit now. ahead of myself. I'm getting way ahead of myself. The next runner on my shortlist uh, is another Willie Mullins trained inmate, and it's Class Conte. He ran very well in the Fiestes and the Leinster National this year, and he's not carried less than 11 stone in a chase for over three years. So he's probably going to appreciate the fact that he's only going to be carrying 10 stone six in the National. He's only carried 10 stone six or less twice in his career, and both of those times he's won. Um, we won't talk about the fact that one of them was in a bumper and one of them was a three-year-old maiden hurdle in France. But <laughs> I think that he's going to appreciate taking absolute lumps off his back. Uh, I think that Mikey Fogarty is probably going to get the ride here, and I think that that'd be amazing if if he could win the Grand National for Willie Mullins, like. You've seen how much energy this lad's got on the, the Cheltenham Preview podcast. Yeah. He's going to be out. He, he's going to be ten times better than Bryony if he gets to do an ITV interview after winning the national on Class Conti. Um, that isn't the sole reason why I have backed Class Conti. He's not even jocked up. I just assume Mikey Foggett he will ride. But he's he's been running well in some big handicap chases. I think he was second in last year's Fiestes. Um, to total recall so he's, he's obviously capable of running a big race in big staying chases and i don't see any reason why you can't do that here i'm sorry because you probably want to talk now don't you what a shame <laughs> lord <laughs> and is the next one on the shortlist at 40 to 1 he always runs an honest race he won the haydock grand national trial and will be five pounds well in for this he's uh he's been campaigned a little bit disappointingly if uh if you look at he's running the grand sefton which is over inadequate trip for him and he could have done better in the Welsh National, but he did bounce back to form with a nice little performance in the Haydock Grand National Trial. He obviously stays. He's, he's a very gallant horse, and you know that he's going to run his heart out for you. The next one on the shortlist is Cloth Cap. I'm not going to back him. <laughs> he's on I'm the not, shortlist, isn't he? He's, he's on the shortlist. I'm not going to back him, but he just wins, doesn't he? He's a, he's a great jumper. He stays the trip because he was third in a Scottish National, and he just ticks every box. Um. The last one on the shortlist. Brace yourself, lad. It's hundred to one. Go on. Sub lieutenant. Jesus. Already jocked up with Tabitha Worsley, who won the Fox Hunters on Top Wood um, a couple of years ago. I don't know if it was 2018 or 2019. My entry knowledge is not as good as my Cheltenham knowledge, but uh, she knows her way around the fences. Sub lieutenant himself knows his way around the fences. He was very well staying on second. Uh, behind Cadmium in the 2019 Topham. Um, he's also run, ran well at Aintree in the past. He's finished second behind Fox Norton, and he's also finished 14 lengths behind Might Bite in the ball. 
So he's got good aim tree form to his name. He's not ran badly this year at all, finishing nine and three quarter lengths behind Mr. Malarkey on his first start for his new trainer and 21 lengths behind Captain Chaos in a very strangely run race. Um, both of those are Ascot. His handicap mark has gone down quite a bit. He's... How far down is he? I think he's nine pounds better off than when he was second in the Topham. And he's going to need a longer trip than two miles five this time round now that he's a 12-year-old, that's for sure. But you, you don't have to go all that far back to see he was second behind the storyteller at the Galway Festival last year. Um, 31st of July, that's nine months ago. He beat home Live, Love, Laugh and Mengli Khan over two miles six. <laughs> that's quite good going for the old boy. Good call. Um, yeah, I... I just can't see why this horse is 100 to 1. I'm not saying by any means that he is a banker. I'm not saying that he's going to win, but I think that that price massively underestimates his chances. Like I said earlier in the pod, I love using entry fences for as a guide to backing horses running over the entry fences. And that second over the top, uh, over the fences in the top, um, that tells me that he loves the fences. So those are my eight for the national. I'm obviously not going to back all eight because I don't want to go bankrupt. I'll have to whittle it down to four or five. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've, I've, I've already had a couple of quid on sub lieutenant just uh, just in case the price goes. Are you um, sure you're done? I'm I'm done. Yeah. Right. I'm gonna completely do the opposite of you. Um, I know you have mentioned several times you like the entry fences form. Well, I'm going to back two horses in this who've never been to Aintree. Um, I'll be backing the storyteller for obvious reasons. Um, at, the end of, at the end of the day, right, at the end of the day, the National is not a race you want to be backing on form. It, ju- it just doesn't happen like that. You, you, you get so many winners over so many years who've no form for absolutely ages. I, you could... You could pick one out of a hat. You could put a pin in your paper. It's that sort of race. Um, the storyteller, I mean, he's he's second top weight to Bristol Demise, so he's one of the more classier animals. Um, I know Keith Donoghue wanted um, him to be in the Gold Cup because he thought he'd relish the extra couple of furlongs. And I think the stairside will confirm that. Um, he was staying on all the way, really. Um, he just looks like a grinder who, at this age and at this point in his career, appreciate a real step up and trip um i think he's arguably one of the safest jumpers in the field you can pretty much bank on him getting round i think um i think there are plenty of reasons why he should complete and he will complete um he's a really sound jumper he i so the national is a weird one i it's it's a long trip Right. But I don't think it's that much of a grueling stairs test as it used to be. Like you've got horses in here who've form solid form over three miles who are towards the top of the betting. Like I don't think you need to be an out and out stayer like you used to be in the past. With the fences, obviously, they've been reduced in size. I don't think it's run at the same pace anymore. I think that you're much more able to take your time, get in a rhythm, complete, and then think about winning. Um, I don't think the trip's going to be an issue for the storyteller. Um, I think he'll stay all day, jump sound, Keith gets on with him well. Um, 
it's just the weight, isn't it? He's second top weight. He's carrying 11 stone eight. Um, when you think about Cloth Cap, who's the worthy favourite, he's carrying 10 stone five. Like he he is absolutely chucked in, but the price is ruined. Um, he's probably the most likely winner, but yeah, the second one I have my eye on um, would be taking risks. He's another one who's getting on a bit now. I think it's fair to say. Um, he at this point in his career too also looks like he wants a real trip um he did win the sky bet handicap chase last time um the i right and captain nord that forms good and he just kept on kept on kept on just kept finding for pressure um he could be one at a decent price that i'd I'd be interested in so it'll be taking risks in the storyteller for me um probably have a few more darts on the day because it's the grand national anything can win i genuinely think you can chuck the form book out the window like you could you could it's it's simple you could make a case for cloth cap traveling well traveling well summit falls and he gets brought down it's just the grand national it's the luck of the draw really i don't like handicaps and this is a 40 runner handicap so i mean yeah the question i've got for you then mike is uh, just a comical one really um there's horses every year that are bucked down because of their colours and names. Um, I know that with the bookies probably not being open um, in shop, there might not be that sort of market effect. But who do you think, if you could nominate one horse that's absolutely going to plummet in price on name and colours, who will it be? Um, well, I'm not going to say Cabaret Queen because Lewis yeah, Tomlinson... Lewis Tomlinson did a tweet saying Cadbury Queen is probably going to be this year's plunge yeah. horse for that reason. <laughs> um, so the other one that I land on that your auntie probably likes the name of is Magic of Light. And yeah. if you think about it logically, people are going to know Magic of Light from when she finished second to Tiger Roll. So I think that she's, what, 20 to 1 now? Yeah, yeah. best price 20 to 1. She might go down to about 14s because your nan likes the name. I don't know. So um, let's, let's just round up then. If we're I, talking colours, Burroughs Saint. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or 100%. taking risks. But yeah, taking I've, risks. I've, I've obviously got a personal vendetta against taking risks. Yeah. Um, I was also on iWrite that day. but. Well, I was on iWrite and he's come sweeping at 40 to 1 and chinned me. The time before that, I was on taking risks at 66 to 1 and he didn't win. He was fourth behind York Hill. And then I was on Cross Park at 25 to 1 for the Scottish National in 2019. Crosspark gets backed into 10 to 1, looks the likeliest winner, and then taking risks does him. So taking risks has probably cost me more money than any horse ever. But um, I might have to have a pound on him just so he can try and win it back for me at Aintree. Yeah, I think you give you a good shout. Well, he, Both needs, him and the story he needs the trip, doesn't he? He stays on well. Uh, did you say you wanted to wrap it up? Um, I'd just say, because you've got eight selections, I think there might have been... Well, I think we need to condense it down. So my two, uh, my two Grand National picks would be the storyteller and taking risks. If you could narrow it down to let's say three, then we'd have five darts at the national. Yeah, if if you want three, then oh god, I don't want to narrow it down to three. Come on, uh, five see, five bets for the national. I want, in a field I of want to I want to say sub lieutenant because. Whack it in there. It's the national. Yeah, but stranger things have happened, my friend. Listen, I need to put him up as a selection because I can't be tweeting now and saying, "Oh, I gave this horse a mention." 
Yeah, I need to put him up <laughs> as a firm selection. So sub lieutenant is going in there at 101, and he probably won't win, and it's probably a waste of a pick, but it is what it is. Um, for a slightly safer odds pick, I'd say Kimberlite Candy, mm-hmm. and then I can't split Acapella Bourgeois and Class Conti for the other for the other place, um, but I'm going to give it to Acapella Bourgeois. I think I think he's a little bit of a safer bet, isn't he, than, than Class Conti? 33 to one seriously underestimates Acapella Bourgeois' chances. So Kimberlite Candy at 12s, Acapella Bourgeois 33s, and Sub Lieutenant 100s. Yeah. Um, no one has ever said 100s in the, history, <laughs> the, in the history of naming prices. I don't know why I just said that. Um, got, before before we wrap up, we've got some questions, haven't we? I think so, yeah. Yeah, um, I've, I've only got one question. I did receive two questions, but one of them's stupid, so I'm <laughs> not asking it. Um, you already know who that question's from, and we both agreed that we are not answering it. Um, but the question that I've been asked, and I didn't want to run this one by you because I just want to see what you come up with on the spot, is if you could own a horse... What colour would the silks be, and what would you call a horse? Oh, well, what are we saying? Um, Flat or jump? Well, well doesn't really matter, does it, if you owned a horse? Um, I'll give you a little bit of time to think while I tell you what my answer would be. Um, I would have a horse wearing all red with six gold stars on it, and I would call it Big Bad Jürgen or something like that. Oh, God. Falls of the reds. Get in the bin. This, this pod goes up after the Liverpool game or tomorrow morning, by the way, so... I'm gonna look like a right fool if we've lost. Have you uh, have you had a thought about your horse yet? Cool. It's an absolute minefield for naming them. Um, Why don't you just call him like the, the novel teller? No, I've, like that? I've got one. I've got one. So it's um, my silks. Firstly, they would be. Um, it would just be. It would be similar to the the Coolmore silks, uh, the dark blue ones. Um, but it would be that sort of colour, but like proper black, all black with a white cap. Um, not very original, I know. Um, but the name, it would like be... Yates, and not, not without my initials. I'm not that egotistical. <laughs> <laughs> um, but my... I don't know if any of the listeners are familiar with a game called Starter's Orders. Um, what a game. I, what a game indeed. Um I've been playing this for five, six years now, and just to pay uh, homage to my first champion. Um, my first champion was on Starters Orders 5, I think, and I won the derby with him. He was called, all joined up, the Lemon Pie. <laughs> he was, it wasn't one that I'd bred, it was one that was in the in the stable upon startup. They just gave me a derby winner, pretty much. Um, I had him as a two-year-old um won the derby with him but it would be the lemon pie for me great name it is an absolutely cracking name isn't it yeah my my status orders ain't going great i've got a 10 times group one winner in my uh in my stud he's called buenos noches so i've just started <laughs> i've just started naming all of my homebred progeny any two word spanish combination <laughs> i'm going to end up with unsacapuntas which is my favorite spanish word but it just means pencil sharpener um yeah very fun to pronounce uh, but without further ado we are going to wrap it up there because i've got a liverpool game to go and watch in 10 minutes anything further to say to to the listeners uh no it's been it's been fun doing it uh nap of the festival clondor castle oh god i forgot that i'd need one of them you, you'll have castle. me scram scrabbling through my notes real quick who am i gonna put up well we were both in agreement with clondor castle my, yeah, but it's my not na- my nap 
while while you while you scramble, my nap would be Clondor Castle, and my outsider would be a Hoysenor. I think you can get fifty to one about him, so don't go nuts. But I think he could run into a place. All right. Well, my nap of a festival is going to be Brave Man's Game in the Three Mile Novice Hurdle, and my long shot of the festival will be Sub Lieutenant at a hundred to one. Jesus, if wow. he wins. There's your each way double, folks. If he wins... A and sub-lieutenant. What would that pay? 5,000 to 1? I don't know, lad, but the J2Os will be firmly flowing in the pub when it reopens. (laughs) Cheers for listening, folks. Uh, We'll see you next time.